Welcome to the Biltmore Church Podcast. Our church exists to glorify God by making disciples of Jesus who reach up, reach in, and reach out. And this podcast is a resource that will hopefully help you do just that. We're in week three of our four-week teaching series about the book of Second Peter. We're calling Follow Your Heart and Other Lies We Believe. My name is Christian Cooper. I serve on staff here, and I'm here today with our lead pastor, Bruce Frank, and Tyler Flores, who I've said before serves on our communications and production team. And because we had so much fun last week, we've brought back Logan Hammond today, who is our central worship pastor. So we got four people on the mic today. This could be a three-hour recording. It's going to be mayhem. (laughs) It's going to be mayhem. (laughs) Um, But we got so much great feedback about last week's episode and felt like there was lots of things we could continue to talk about and lots of follow-up questions. So we're actually going to continue our conversation today about reading the Bible. So we're calling it How to Read the Bible Part 2. But first, Sunday Recap. So let's talk about Sunday, another great day in the life of our church. Pastor, right off the top, um, the thing that, has been ringing around in my ears since Sunday is that idea that what's valuable is worth protecting. And so when it comes to the gospel and to our like core beliefs, um, I don't know, I, I, this, you didn't say, maybe say this explicitly, but for me, it was like, there's two different ditches. There's the ditch of like angry division over everything. And then there's the ditch of like, I guess like pretend unity of like, Hey, we're all good. We all sort of believe the same things and we don't. Right. Um, and that idea seemed to kind of carry through the message. At least that's what's kind of stuck in my brain since mm. Sunday. But um, what else? Yeah, I mean, for me, it, just the idea that you, you never get over the gospel. Yeah. You, you don't get beyond it. Um, I think it was J.D. Greer who talks about if, if Christianity were a pull, right, some people view the gospel or the message of the gospel as the diving board from which you enter the pool of Christianity. But he, he flips it, and, and you certainly did yesterday, he says, no, that it, the gospel is the pool itself. You only swim to deeper and deeper, deeper and deeper levels of the gospel. And as you do that, growing in intimacy and growing in just the love of that message and the hope that it brings. Yeah, yeah. I think for me, there was it was really it really was two things. One of them was sort of a, a throwaway comment. I don't know. If, uh, I doubt. Okay, I doubt anything you say on a Sunday morning is a throwaway. <laughs> no, there's some. They're, the throwaways <laughs> usually get me in trouble. <laughs> so, but. Um, it did, it wasn't one of your main points. Um, you were talking about when we read and, and obedience. You were talking about how, when we obey what we, what we see when God gives us commandments laid out in Scripture. Um, and you you just sort of made a comment about how um, we obedience is easy when it's what we already want to do. Mm-hmm. That it's it's just it's there and and it's oh, okay. Oh, no, that's that's good. That's 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 moral or it lines up with my worldview. Sure. Um, but when obedience doesn't line up with where we already are, or with what we want for our life, then that's when, um, I think Logan actually paraphrased it, and said that's when obedience becomes worship. Um, and I, I just kept ringing in my head yesterday, this, uh, like over the course of, um, after the sermon, that like, how often do I obey just because obedience is joy? Because there's joy in obedience, mm-hmm. not because I get the joy for me. Oh, God, right. you want me to like go to go to my working at the church? I love working at the church. It's really easy to obey <laughs> and show up for work in the morning um, because I love working here. But when that obedience looks hard, do I find joy in that? And that just kept bouncing around in my head. Um, and then the other thing was actually Christian touched on it that that balance right. um, that when you read scripture um, and when and when um, you are engaging with God. You can fall into these different spaces, and that it really is this bouncing act. It very rarely is it like a one trick does everything mm-hmm. sort of approach to um, the gospel or our, our our sanctification. 
that if we get stuck on hung up on one thing, then often we're not going to progress forward. Yeah, I wanted to ask you, I mean, obviously you interact with a lot of people on Sundays after services, between services, you know, up near the front, in the lobby, and just to see if there was anything that really you felt like was a big theme of the day, anything that really stuck with people out of the message yesterday, or even just in your own heart. I mean, there's always sure. it seems like there's always something that a lot of times you'll say it on Sunday, like, this is the thing that God was working on me sure. this week. Well, I mean, um, it's Monday, so the brain is still a little bit soft and still reflecting on some of the stuff. But anytime you teach a message, uh, you're the one that learns more than... Mm. If you do it correctly, you learn way more than, number one, anybody else, and number two, that you can actually say in 40 minutes or something like that. Right. Um, to Tyler's uh, point, I think the, that point was you know going back to actually the previous week of... You know, am I over the Bible or is the Bible over me? Mm -hmm. Because, uh, and there'll be times when what you desire, and this is obviously before you come to Christ, but even after you come to Christ, there's time where your flesh, your feelings, your desires don't want to do something, whether that be, you know, husband, serve your wife, you don't want to do that, even though it tells you to, or about money or whatever. And up until then, to, to Tyler's point, up until then, it is just convenience. Uh, submission shows when you do what you don't want to do because you were under the authority mm -hmm. of what God has said. And so, um, you know, up, again, up until then, it's just, hey, it's convenient. We're lining up. It's when you don't line up where you actually see what lordship is. Right. I mean, lordship doesn't, you know, if we're like, well, I'm going to pick and choose. Well, then we don't really understand what lordship is. Mm -hmm. So, that you know, that was, the, that was certainly the part because that's still, that's not just salvation when you are totally at odds. But even as God is forming you, I mean, it's a joke that you're instantaneously, you're not, we're not glorified yet. We're being sanctified, which means there are times when we, you, you butt heads with God. We don't like to talk about it, but mm -hmm. all you got to do is just look at pure statistics and see that a lot of Christians, not only do you not, not only do you butt heads with God, you actually just go ahead and don't do what the Bible says. Mm -hmm. yeah. You had also mentioned, just again, it was another passing comment, but you said that one of the dangers with a message like this uh, from the standpoint of a congregant is to automatically assume that this message is for somebody else. Even as a, a leader within the church, right, I was just thinking almost along those same lines of like, man, this would be good for so-and-so to hear, this would be good for that. And then you'd said that it met me right in the middle of my seat. I'm like, oh, <laughs> hey, oh, like that, that, that's me. And so that, that's just such a good lens to be like, hey, first, let's go to the mirror, yep. right? And then from that point, move forward. Well, and that's always the point with any kind of message. Yesterday was unique in regards to, it's one of those ones where it's easy, because we take the Bible super seriously at our church. Mm -hmm. We take it really, really seriously. We uh, believe God's Word from you know Genesis to Revelation, all that stuff. And so yesterday was easy, and even as the week progressed, I began to see myself kind of like, oh, what about this church and that mm -hmm. church? Because you know, we're certainly not a, you know, it's easy to look at what I just called, you know, uh, whatever, um, you know, liberal, liberal Larry over at, at this church. They don't take the Bible seriously. Well, that's for him. And there's definitely a part of that. But then there's always a little bit of hypocrite in me too. Some things that I know God says that I'm not lining mm -hmm. up with. And so that was the, that was the point. But it's always easier to look at sin out there in the marketplace than sin in the mirror. Oh yeah. Always. That's the gold right there. Let me encourage you. If you have not already, go back Watch that message. Watch through services online. Those things are on YouTube. They're on our website. Uh, and maybe if you did, go back and check it out again. That's a practice that I found very helpful over the last few years is taking that time. Sometimes it takes a couple times here in it yep. to uh, to sink in. And uh, now that we do the podcast, I feel like I've got to at least watch it through one more time. So I'm a little <laughs> a little bit more prepared. But make sure you go back and watch that thing from last Sunday. God's been doing some amazing work through His Word, just like He always has.
so today um, we're going to be diving back into our discussion on how to read the Bible. But before we get there, um, we are going to continue what we've been doing. It's called Context Corner, where Christian has really been giving us um, really the, the, the stuff that's happening around the stuff, um, because that's so, so important as we dive into Scripture that we know what's happening, um, because context helps us interpret Scripture correctly. So Christian, why don't you give us some of the context, that second half of the New Testament? Yes. All right. So New Testament letters is what we're going to be talking about today. I've said this, we've said this several times, but it's important to remember that the whole Bible points to Jesus. And so of those New Testament books, there's 27 books, all of them point to Jesus. Some of them are just biographies about Jesus, but even the other ones point to Jesus as well. And so the first five books of the New Testament are narrative. They're literally telling a story. And then the remaining 22 books are letters written by the apostles to churches, to collections of churches, or to individuals. And they're all like packed full of teaching and guidance on how to effectively follow Jesus. And so of those 22 letters, 13 are connected to the apostle Paul, and they're arranged in order from longest to shortest. So if you're wondering why they're in the order they are, um, you know, Romans being the longest of those letters, then you get down into some of the shorter ones. I didn't actually know that. There we go. I, Context corner. I, I feel really silly. Doing his thing. I've, I've done, I, I, like, I, I, I've done Bibles. I didn't know that was the way they were We can arranged. just stop now. We've got our information right, across. No. So uh, that's why they're in the order they're in. And then you've got, after that, you've got letters written by other people, other apostles, Peter, James, John, etc. And then the last book of the New Testament is Revelation, which is, it's still a letter, a letter written to seven churches that reveals this prophetic word of challenge and comfort to all of Jesus' followers. Um, so these are all actual, real letters. And in this period of ancient history, writing letters took a lot of money and a lot of effort. So each one was crafted really carefully from beginning to end, and most were meant to be read aloud to churches, um, whether those were small churches or, or collections of churches. Um, so often these church leaders, they, they couldn't be present at certain churches at certain times, so they would rely on these letters to communicate the truth of the gospel and uh, to those church communities. So, for example, uh, Paul obviously helped start and establish lots of churches across the Roman Empire, and there's no way he could be present at all those churches at a given time. So often he would write letters with instruction or encouragement to those churches. And like I said, it's important to remember all of these are real letters. They, they are packed with theology and ethics and um, different things for us to follow, but they're primarily written with specific audiences in mind. That's the whole point of the context we're talking about. Um, so many of these letters are addressing specific issues that are happening in specific churches. So they're not necessarily all just general theology. They're often tailored to what churches needed at that time. Um, I'll put it this way. Imagine you pick up a letter written to someone other than you. Someone else wrote it to someone else, and you intercept it along the way. There's likely going to be a lot of background information that's assumed that's not explicitly mentioned in the letter. So a funny example that I came up with literally last night. Let's say you pick up a letter that's written to someone else. Inside, the letter says, hey, make sure to use that fungal cream that the doctor gave you. If that letter was not addressed to you, you're left trying in to, to fill in some potentially awkward gaps, right? You don't exactly know what's going on. So a quick example of this in like actual real life. Paul didn't actually say that. He said some things pretty close to that, but he didn't actually say <laughs> fungal cream in any of his letters. So try, <laughs> try reading a letter like 1 Corinthians, or just the first chapter of 1 Corinthians, 
and then read a letter like Philippians, it's clear that these two churches were in very different situations when Paul wrote those letters. At the time of 1 Corinthians, the church in Corinth was a mess. It was a mess. And so, honestly, Paul's a little bit angry, and he's uh, much more stern in tone with the Corinthians than he is with the Philippians, who at the time of the letter to the Philippians, the church was doing pretty well, and so it was more of a letter of encouragement. So, once again, context is always helpful. It's especially true with the New Testament letters. And with all that in mind, even knowing all that, there's still a ton of wisdom and instruction and gospel reminders that we can gain from those New Testament letters. And as followers of Jesus, we often are facing, not always, but often we face a lot of the same theological and cultural and personal issues that believers in the early church face. We've talked about that with Second Peter, right? There's so many parallels between mm-hmm. our world today and what was going on when he wrote that letter. Um, So that's why they're so important. That's why they're so helpful. So they're definitely important. They're definitely instructive. And by reading these letters in their greater context, we can grow deeply as followers of Jesus. So there's your context corner, your primer on the New Testament letters. Hopefully zooming out like this is going to inform your reading and your understanding of the Bible. Like we mentioned earlier today, we're going to be talking about how to read the Bible, part two, continuing to follow up on some of the things that we started to discuss last week. And so the way I'd love to frame our discussion today is two things. Number one, get into God's Word, and then number two, get God's Word into you. So there's kind of two sides of the same coin, but I'd love to kind of break our discussion up into those two things. So um, first thing I wanted to touch on under that get into God's Word Um, We've talked a lot about the importance of reading the Bible for followers of Jesus, and it's going to sound a little bit like a stupid question, but I think it'll be helpful to ask, is this something that, you know, hey, you can just read through one time and you've got what you need, or is does it really hold up? Can it really hold up to multiple readings over the course of someone's life? Um, for sure. I mean, I would say the two reasons you read it over and over and over again is, uh, you are living and it is living Mm -hmm. and the fact that it is living and active. So there's always that dynamic, but also the fact that it's marrying with that you're, you're alive. And so there's a relationship with Jesus that he chooses to use as the primary tool, his word. So it's always fresh. It's always fresh itself. It's always fresh also because you are not the same person you are when you read it at 12 as you Mm -hmm. are at 16, as you are at 22. So, um, it's always fresh. It's always applicable. But I did mention like last week, there are times when what you read, God might not use that in your life. Because that's what I think sometimes people get discouraged. Like I've read, read three things and it doesn't make sense. If they don't understand the whole the big picture, it's talking about Jesus. It's the love story, the big picture. That's why sometimes they're like, well, that's not applicable. Or, you know, and some books are harder. But if the main, it, also to say, sometimes God will teach you something that you don't use for a few weeks. Just like last week we were talking yeah. about, all right, so, you know, you get a paycheck, you don't spend it all, mm-hmm. you try to stretch it out over those two weeks the same way. There's going to be times where God deposits something into your life that you will not use till at a further date. And so that's, that's, just, that's the walk of the follower of Jesus. One of the things I want to follow up on um, that you started to mention right there is we've talked a lot, obviously, the whole Bible points to Jesus. So just to put you on the spot, you're reading Leviticus. Mm-hmm. How does that, you know, if you're reading that for the first time, how do you go, 
okay, what points to maybe just an example? How, how does that actually work in some of the more difficult books of the Bible? Well, and they're difficult for a reason. I mean, there's usually an enormous cultural jump is, is the reason. I mean, we're living in 2022. You know, the book of Leviticus was very, very much the people of Israel. In that case, you have a ton going on with what they call the ceremonial law. Yeah. And so, you know, some of those things, like when it explains the, the, the Day of Atonement, that's a little bit easier uh, to to make the jump, I think it's Leviticus 16. That's a little bit easier to make the jump, particularly when you get the when you kind of understand that that picture, and then maybe you pair it up with the Book of Hebrews. But some of it is very hard. In the Book of Leviticus, it's tons about symbolism. It's about it's really about the purity, uh, the purity laws, those things. So if we if you, if you get the big picture, it's not that every single chapter is going to be as easy as let's say James chapter one. Consider it all joy, my brothers, when you encounter various trials. I mean that's a, that's not a much of a cultural jump. Mm-hmm. Leviticus is God's dealing with a nation right there, and so there's a context for immediate context and then eventual context. Mm-hmm. So put it this way: there's the the big picture is you know the Day of Atonement is fulfilled in when John the Baptist stepped out and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the Son of the world. But there was an immediate context there that you don't want to ignore. He's dealing with a particular people at a particular time. Going back to uh, what you said with context <laughs> context corner, yeah. there's an immediate context that you do need to understand. That's why last week we said the important... We mentioned the three questions to ask, but the order of the three questions is super important as well. What did it mean then? What does it mean now? What does it mean to me personally? Where crazy teaching gets done is when those are reversed yeah. and people ask the question, what does that mean to me now? So you read the book of Leviticus and you read something about dietary laws mm-hmm. and you can get in the you can get in, you know, the ditch really quick. And so what did it mean then? All right, that's where you do background of Leviticus. What's he dealing with? He's dealing with particular people. He's teaching them about holiness and this is what he's drawing them an equation. You know, when you do this sin, this is what it costs. Well, then you can start making the gospel jump call it that way. It's like, well, all right, that's, that leads into the whole sacrificial system. And then eventually Jesus is the fulfillment of that. Yeah. Go ahead, Tyler. I have a question. Um, it just, I, as you're talking and I was listening last week, is it possible to do comprehensive Bible study without supplemental material? Oh, a hundred percent. So you, like, how do I gain context with, without reading or touching anything else? How do I gain context on like, ancient Israel, like, and where they were and what, what they were experiencing as a country. What was right. it? What, they, like, there was a whole, like, when Jesus was around, like, there's a whole history of what happened uh, with the Romans and, and, the, and the Jewish nation. Like, is it possible for me to lift and understand the context without doing supplemental reading? You certainly can. A supplemental reading is helpful, but it's nowhere near a replacement. Because if you just if you just read, let's say, if you're trying to get context, read things like Book of First and Second Kings. I mean, you will see contextually. There's some of those hard names that are. I remember the the seminary class was called Biblical Backgrounds. It was like the first class I took. I wish it was the last class. And it was a, it was because it was all the history and how do the kings line up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's all in the Bible. It's just, it's, that's not extra supplemental material. That's right there. It's just a little harder. You're trying, okay, this prophet goes with this king, and you're trying to match that up. And so you certainly can. Supplemental helps, uh, but supplemental also, I think everybody's got to keep in mind, even like these great study Bibles, when you see those little notes at the bottom, um, those are another person's, sometimes it's helpful, maybe it's a little word study that's objective, but all of those notes at the bottom have some degree of mm. subjectivity in them. Yeah. And so... Take the one, you know, those are not inspired. The little notes at the bottom from Charles Ryrie, that is not the inspired word. That Jesus is a person's that. commentary on that, which can be helpful, but it is not to be 
don't look at it the same way. So is it helpful to have supplemental material? Absolutely. But if you just read and read and read and you saturate yourself, eventually, that's like the biblical backgrounds class. Eventually, all it was mm -hmm. was studying and studying. So you're, okay, Jehoiakim. I never heard of Jehoiakim. So how does Jehoiakim, <laughs> you know, and, and so it is hard because we don't, nobody's, I have not dedicated a Jehoiakim as a, as a baby. <laughs> and so that in and of itself makes it a little more difficult, but it's all right there. All so the, the, the background is there. I th I've not fully formulated this thought in my head, so as it comes out, I hope I hope it can be unpacked right. But even thinking through what Pastor's saying about the Bible was written in a certain time period to a particular people group or person for a purpose, even if I was the recipient of one of those original letters, I still have cultural context that I'm living in. I have things that have been passed down through antiquity, mm -hmm. right? So I think one of the, the resources or the supplemental things you're talking about are a, a couple of the, the Old Testament or New Testament surveys that I have talk about, hey, historically, this is what's happening. This is what's going on. In the same way that I know what's going on in the world today because of whatever news outlets or just being you know, a, a person alive today, I can take what I know to be true as the recipient of that letter and apply it to the context of, of the message of the letter. And so I think, can it be done? Absolutely. Is it, is it wise not to use resources that faithful men and women have passed down to us? I don't, I don't feel like it would be wise to solely, solely do that. Uh, but even the, as a recipient of the letter in its original context, they already had historical documents and things put in place where they weren't just receiving it as a yeah. blindsided letter. Yeah, and also just know the, I think as you look at the Bible, the structure, the big picture of the Bible helps you a little bit as well. Like the Old Testament, people struggle mainly with the Old Testament message, trying to figure out how does this fit in? And so when you think about it this way, the first part of the Old Testament is about history. It's about the history of the nation of Israel. Those initial books are historical. Then you go into a section of the Bible that's poetry. I think yeah. one, of the, one of the readers asked, what, how do you know what kind of, you know, um, uh, is it all allegory or whatever? Right. And, and the, the general answer to that is you read it just like you would any, you know, letter of antiquity. What's the plain, normal reading of it? Now, there's a couple of places you can have some legit arguments about it. But most of the time, history reads like history. Right. It's facts and dates and yep. kings and that kind of stuff. Poetry reads like poetry. I mean, you know, especially back then, you don't have to know that certain psalms all started with a different letter of mm -hmm. the Hebrew alphabet all. And that, that, that's not imperative to understand, but you can tell poetry. Psalms, you can tell it has poetry in it. And then you go into the prophetical, both the major and the minor prophets. Or those guys got like names like Jeremiah and mm -hmm. Isaiah and Hosea and those kind of things. So just that, but that's not from extra. A supplemental stuff can help you because, I mean, heck, if you were to say, what would be the thing I would put in somebody's hand? It would be that Max Anders book, 30 Days to Understanding the mm -hmm. Bible, mm -hmm. only because it gives you in a very simple way to understand the structure, the, you know, the main, actually you could just do the first half of that book and come out way ahead. One thing I, I would love to say to kind of put a bow on that, it, it ties in with all wh what you guys are saying. For me personally, I've found that there's a middle ground to be had with those supplemental resources. Because at the end of the day, we all, all of us at this table, firmly believe that the Holy Spirit's the one who interprets scripture to yes, the reader, yeah, right? Absolutely. Yes. That's the primary thing going on. And so when I'm reading the Bible, you know, in the morning on my own time, I want to have those things there, but I also don't want those things to get in front of what the Holy Spirit really wants to interpret for me. So there's a middle ground of like, if I go too quickly and too often into these supplemental resources, I'm now kind of quenching what the Spirit really wanted to say yeah. to me. So there's this, and I'm sure because of personalities, the way God's wired people, everyone's a little bit different. 
Um, but that's such a, it's a question that comes up a lot and I'm yep. glad we we stumbled onto it. But I, I, let me give you one caution on that. Sometimes what is the doctrine of the priesthood of the believers is elevated to such an extent that is elevated way over the community of believers. Mm. And so again, not to, not to say what you said is wrong. I would just put a caution flag by it because if you just say, you know, the Holy Spirit's going to interpret this, I would not say, I would say he will internalize it or he will he will personalize it to you versus interpret it to you. Because I think one of the main things is there is one meaning for each passage. Yeah. Right. Yeah. One meaning. There's not 10 meanings. There's 10 applications. There's one interpretation. There's one meaning. That, and so what you try to do is try to get your lens out of it. The, the basic skill, not skill, the basic, it's, you know, trying to interpret the Bible is called hermeneutics, all right? It's, it, they, I remember the definition. It was the art and science of biblical interpretation. I remember that from 25 years ago at seminary. So, But the idea is how do you bring the tools into a text and not read into it? All right, they call that eisegesis. I'm reading into that what I want it to say. And the, the goal, if you're, a, if you're a Bible student, you're trying to figure out what did Paul, if it's, if it's, what did he mean? And that's where you do the context. I mean, that's where you were talking yeah. about earlier in Context Corner. But I would just say be, the Holy Spirit's going to interpret it. That's where some people are like, well, God told me this. Mm -hmm. That's fine. He might tell you that. But he didn't. He, that's not what he's saying in that passage sometimes. Yeah. So well, that goes right back to our conversation last week about the best way to, to put a lot of the stuff into practice. Yeah, we want you to do it on your own, but the best way to do it is in community. Right. As I was going to say, like, this, comes, this swings us back around to balance and how the, the Christian walk so many times comes back to balance if, that if you isolate yourself and it's just going to be me and I'm just going to like, well, don't let wise people speak into your life. But, but what if you swing the other direction? I only listen to Francis Chan, John Piper, Pastor Bruce and Christian Cooper. Those are the only ones. These are the only people I listen <laughs> what a to. List. It's, it's a great list. Got thrown um, in there with some giants. <laughs> but if that's all that you're doing, and you're not studying on your own, then you're also out of balance. And if you're not surrounding yourselves with believers who are like, hey, man, I read, I read this the other day, and it impacted my life, and, and it bounces off of you in a way, mm -hmm. oh, wow, I hadn't... All of those things are required, and I, I think, in order to, right. to properly digest the Bible even, because mm -hmm. um, it, it you can't live... In, it, nothing can live in a vacuum. Yeah, yeah. Again, these are all principles for just encouraging you to continue to get into that book, even if sometimes it's difficult or sometimes you don't want to, going back to obedience. Uh, man, the fruit is just overwhelming. Yep. Hey, let me say one other thing that I think sure. might help the listeners. Sometimes it's when people try to figure out this, the big picture of the Bible, when they hear the books of the Bible, like 66 books or the Bible as a book, sometimes it's helpful for them to think of the Bible as like a library mm. with different mm. sections in it. All right, so you've got these different sections. That's why sometimes they're like, well, I'm just going to open it up. And they open it up to, like you said, Leviticus. It kind of gets them, I, I can't understand this. I'm going to close it back up. I think if they'll think of it as a library, and it's like the library has different sections in it, mm -hmm. three of which I mentioned a second ago. Okay, this is history. All right, this is poetry. All right, this is prophecy. This is, and you can go over to the New Testament. What are the first five books? The first five books are what? History. And then, so anyway, just thinking of it as a library with some sections in it can sometimes be helpful. All right, let's transition a little bit. Uh, that is a lot of, hey, we, the, the action that we take to get into God's Word. So let's talk a little about getting God's Word into us, which is essentially how do we make this stick in our minds, in our hearts, in our lives in a way that uh, bears fruit from day to day. So for me, I think what I'm envisioning us talking about is a little bit of that next-level practice of meditation, which we touched on last week, and then mm -hmm. also uh, memorization, which scares a lot of people, but I think uh, I would love to just kind of open it up 
for you guys to talk about maybe some best practices or even maybe but first the heart behind why we want God's word into us. No, I think we talked last week. I think you've got to look at the spiritual disciplines, whether it be prayer, meditation, memorization, fasting, or Bible reading. You've got to look at those as grace-filled efforts. You're not trying to impress God. He's not, I mean, it, we all fall into this. Like I've, I've been playing with golfers before and they hit a lucky shot that bounces off a rock, goes on the green. They're like, well, I had my quiet time today. And I know it's a joke, but it's kind of like, all right, I got favor because I spent time with God. No, really. Now you did get your mind renewed to some degree. Hopefully you had a great time with someone who loves you dearly, all those things. But it's not like you just got, we've got to take it off uh, the check mark deal. It's like mm. I've check marked it out because eventually, I mean, but on the other hand, it does take discipline because yeah. uh, the, the opposite side of that, people will say, well, I don't feel like reading the Bible. If I don't feel like it, should I make myself do it in that legalism? Well, no, that's not mm. legalism. It's discipline is what that right. is. You do what you know to do until you feel like doing it. So, um, you know, that's why, I mean, even like David would say, I delight in the law of the mm -hmm. Lord. And all he had was the law. He didn't have the stuff we had. Right. And he, but he, it didn't always feel like that. You, you do the discipline until God brings the feelings, whether that's Bible reading or marriage. It's like, all right, I know what I'm supposed to do, mm -hmm. and I'm going to trust God because of obedience. He's going to bring the feelings around. That's great. I think, too, life is hard, right? And um, God's word sustains. Yeah. And whenever things get difficult, whenever there are um, mountaintop moments, if, if you're on the mountaintop and you've got God's word in your heart, the joy is, is greater, mm -hmm. right? Um, if, if you're in the valley and things are really difficult, peace is deeper. And so with that, I mean, it, it might very well be a, a discipline before it's a delight, but it, it's, it's so worth the mm -hmm. pursuit, right? Every because you, you never know when you need it, but it's also, it, it's not a last resort either. Uh, I don't want to paint it as that, you know, I'm thinking about like you, you, you always want to put money into a savings account. That's a discipline and you hope you never have to use it. Um, but whenever you need it, you need it. I, I don't think the Bible is exactly like that right. because, mm -hmm. you know, you, I, I want to constantly use scripture. That's how I want to navigate my life, my marriage, my parenting, my friendships, being a son, being a pastor, all of those things. I don't want to treat the scripture like a savings account that I draw on when I need it. I want it to be the checking account that I do every transaction with. Yeah. And, and again, it's a blessing. I mean, look at, so we're going to do Psalms all summer long and Psalm one, verse one starts off with what? Blessed, blessed, spiritually prosperous. And so, you know, just realizing that. And what, uh, the legalism part of that would be, because people always ask, how many times should I spend time in reading God's Word or listening if they like, if they're more of a listener on their commute, which is a very valid deal. Right. Sometimes people discount that. It's like, man, if, I mean, better than that than, you know, sports yeah. radio Why or whatever. Not? But um, it's kind of like, if you think about it, like your relationship with whoever you love the most, like mm -hmm. uh, the four of us are married. So, the you know, for our wives, if you miss a date, it's not like, all hell breaks loose. Sure. All right. Or hopefully not, unless you're way overdrawn. But if you, you know, what'll happen is if you don't do that, if, if, if months go by and you've never done that, their relationship will suffer. Yeah. It, there'll be, it'll grow distant. You won't communicate. So in thinking about your time with God like that, it's like, I have a love relationship with him. And so mm -hmm. I want to hear from him and man, bless God, he actually wants to hear from me. Why right. would he want to hear from dumb old me? But he, he does. And so one day's not going to be a killer. Two days you start to show it. Um, you know, you go, few weeks and you hadn't spent time with God's word, then it's going to show. Mm -hmm. it, going back to Logan's, your joy, your peace, the way you interact with people, the way you serve people, your tank's going to get empty. Something that I, I struggled with was finding consistency. I, there, were, there were two parts of it, and some of it's about my photographic memory and how I struggle to like reread things, but that's, that's kind of to the side. Um, I, I would get up in the morning and either I would feel like 
I'm just I'm reading this. I had like a like I was reading like the book of John, say, mm-hmm. and I would I would get and I I already I went to bed knowing what John said. Like I, I already knew. Um and so I got up in the morning just like, oh gosh, um, I'm tired and I'm I'm just gonna open this up. So I and I, I was like, oh I'm not I'm just gonna do this thing where every morning I'm gonna read something different, I'm just gonna pop open the Bible. But you you mentioned it earlier that, that doesn't that doesn't really always work either because you'll you could throw open to numbers and you're like, Well, I just spent 15 minutes reading names. <laughs> I feel edified and ready for spiritually <laughs> for prepared day. for my day. Yep. Um and what I've found um that for me personally, like the discipline was not I was fine. It wasn't a problem. Reading my Bible every day wasn't a problem. What I needed to do was be more intentional about what I was reading, um, at least for at least for the season that I'm in right now. Maybe maybe that'll change. And you've I mean you've touched on it that we are not the same as we were. But where I am, um, so at the start of my week, I I write out what I'm going to be reading that whole week, and it's not the same book. It's it's on like I have a little little grid that I write into, and it's not so that I can check it off at all. It's so that when I get up in the morning. Like I, I know that I can open up God's word, and I've and I've already sort of put myself in a place where I'm prepared to hear, um, but it requires planning on the front end of my week, and it's a little weird, but it it it's what has been working for me, and it's been so life giving, um, to like oh okay I I'm I'm planning out how I'm going to approach God's word every that's single good. week, yeah. and that's been life giving. You have a you have a photographic memory. It's weird. So I heard that, and I was like, wait, <laughs> really? skate right. Past I got that a, I got I have to I have to uh, confess <laughs> so covetousness right here on the, uh, the <laughs> so program. The I didn't realize it. I didn't because I don't have like a perfect memory because there is like perfect photographic memory, and then there's whatever I have. Um, so, but when I I was talking to my wife when I was in college um, about how I studied, and like she would we, we would we would often study at the same time. We'd be in the library and we'd be studying, and she was baffled when I explained to her that when I take a test, I don't. Um, try to remember the information. I remember the page. Like I write my notes, and what I when I have a question in front of me, I run over the page in my head and I find where the information's at, and I read it to myself, and that's where the information's at. Like that's 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 the answer to the question. And I thought everyone did this, and my no, wife was like, "Everyone hates you." Yeah, you have a <laughs> we, cheat code that we, we all wish yeah. we had. And I, so, What's the opposite of a photographic memory? I think it's so called it does, short-term memory loss. Yeah. It's not so a perfect one. It, it it does fail over time. Um, but that's incidentally turning it spiritual. That has, that's been part of my spiritual journey is like, I deceive myself because of like, Oh, I've read the whole Bible. It's all, I can picture the page, like, especially if I've been reading from the same copy of the Bible, Mm -hmm. I can picture the page. Um, and the lie is it's already there. So Mm -hmm. I don't need any more of it. And so whether you've got a photographic memory or not, there's a lie somewhere that says, I don't need any more of God's word. I've read, I've read, I read through the book of John. I'm good. I don't need to touch that again, but I am not the same. And the lens of my life, as I reapproach Scripture, um, the lens of the journey that God's brought me through, that changes it every single time. And each time I'm like, "Wow, what a lie I was believing!" Yeah, and I'm right. like, I'm shocked every time that I that I thought I didn't need that. That I'm like, "Oh, I already knew that one. I already yeah. I already knew John three. No, that yeah, needs sir. to be. We need to preach that at every seminary. Amen to <laughs> right that. Right there. Amen to that. Hey, Logan. One of the things I want to talk about with Scripture memory. This is something I know that you're passionate about. I'm just a couple notes here. One of the things we've said a lot is like our fight with the enemy a lot is taking control of our minds. Right. Mm-hmm. We're renewing our mind and thinking about Psalm 119. Um, yep. I've stored up your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. So, uh, what would you say some best practices are for people who are like, hey? I want to make, I guess, maybe better deposits yeah. that I can draw on. That going back to your illustration earlier, I, I hear all the time, and I, I was I was someone who would play this broken soundtrack too. But I hear all the time that oh, I I can't memorize things well, or I, I don't memorize scripture, and that that's 
it's just not true, right? I mean, people um, have the, the cognitive ability to memorize things, right? Uh, spe- specifically on our church staff, I feel like the office, the TV show, is, is quoted so much. And uh, we, we have a, a campus worship pastor here who, um, who had a friend. He would quote the office so much that every time he just spat out an office quote, the guy was like, okay, now, now quote scripture. And so, That's like, I mean, it, or it's, it's so good, right? To where, like, I, I'm that way as well. You and I talk about this all the time where I will just pull out a movie quote or pull out whatever yeah, type yeah. of thing that I saw and, and I'll quote it. And uh, that all that shows is that we have the ability to memorize and to, to hide things in our brains and our hearts, right? But it's also going back, it, it's got to be intentional with what Tyler was saying, and it's also got to be a discipline with what yep. Pastor was saying. And so uh, a, a, just a helpful tool that I use, there's a couple of different ways to do this. There's like a manual way. There are great applications on the phone, uh, but one is just called the Bible, uh, the Bible Memory app, mm. and it's a free app. Uh, there is a paid version, but I've I've got the paid version of it just to just to nerd out because it makes you yeah. memorize more yeah. scripture. <laughs> but it's one of those things where you, you pick a passage and then you you begin to fill in like it, it kind of grays out the scripture you're trying to to memorize, and you you type the first letter, and every time you do it, it, it adds the the actual scripture, and so you do it re- over and over again, and then it takes words away to where you're filling in the blank and then it takes the whole thing away to where you're now you're having to type out from memory what the scriptures that's just a helpful tool what was that one called what is that one called duolingo what was that called (laughs) basically it's just called bible memory app bible memory app i'm gonna get it's it's great it really is super 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 helpful you can set targets and and uh goals and if you haven't done it it's it'll shoot you a reminder on your phone said hey what's what's going on with that um and so you're we're even talking about like meditation a, a one of the ways that I meditate on scripture is memorizing it, mm-hmm. right? There's meditating in it in terms of like just thinking through how does this, uh, what am I hearing from God? How do I apply it to my life and what's my response going to be? And so that's, that's, that's one piece of, of meditation, but there's also just sitting with the same scripture word for word, emphasizing every word, right? If, mm-hmm. we're, if we're talking Romans um, eight, right? Therefore there is no condemnation, right? Therefore there, there is and, and emphasizing one word at a time. And so if there's 10 words in whatever scripture, whatever verse you're memorizing, you get 10 passes of vocalizing that. So there, there are small tips and tricks that you can do into memorizing it. But again, it's, it's got to be intentional. It should be purposeful. Uh, another thing is the navigator's memory system. So the navigators have uh, a, a helpful topical memory scripture memory system to where they they break it up into into prayer into uh, Christ is Lord into you know these different giving generosity serving and so as you're navigating conversation or even as you're in God's word you've you've been able to somewhat compartmentalize God's word that you've hidden in your heart that you've memorized so that way whenever you use it you're not just just pulling out any random scripture that makes no sense and is out of context, but you you somewhat have a faithful bank or record of, hey, okay, where's this coming from? Why use this first now? And also be able to 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 chapter and verse it. Not not in a weaponizing type of way, but if you're just like, well, the Bible says dot 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 versus, hey, Matthew five, verse sixteen says, you know, and just inputting that, like it, it also that that really solidifies that you know where it's coming from. Old school practice for me has just been writing scripture down. Mm-hmm. And I mean, old school note card kind of thing, keeping those on me. I used to like, this is so dangerous. I don't, I wouldn't recommend it for anyone, but like on the dashboard of the car, you know, have the verse you're trying to memorize. Again, you can 
get off the road real quick doing that, but just creating time or even just finding time mm-hmm. that's already in your life. A, a lot of people say things like, oh, I don't have time for this. And it's, you don't make time for it is ultimately yeah. what we're all saying. But yeah. you know, there's, there's these places where you're using time, whether it's for your commute um, or when you're getting ready, things like that, that you can start to leverage for practices and habits like this. I've also found for me personally that I do better with chunks or chapters of scripture than trying to have, you know, and some people are great at having this verse from this book, this verse, this verse, mm-hmm. you know, kind of all these different topical things for me. It's like, no, I'm going to do way better if I try to memorize this chapter and kind of go through it slowly. Um, but I, I can't encourage it enough. Yeah. I mean, a transforming practice, I would say. Pastor, I'd love to hear sure. your thoughts as well. No, same. I mean, whatever you do, just be intentional about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, and once you get some momentum, I found that's the big thing. It's like, hey, I actually can quote, you know, and I would take either, you know, I'd take some ones that if you talk about how did Jesus defeat temptation, he took a particular passage and applied it to a particular right. area. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you might start off with two or three areas that you continually trip up in. Uh, and so get those. And then you start to see some victory and momentum. It's like, well, I can, you know, take Matthew five sixteen. It's a little bit more kind of a doctrinal verse and then work work from there. But it doesn't matter really what you, you know, it doesn't matter what you use. Use one that works for you. I mean, again, I, st- I do old school index cards still. I put them in the console of the truck. And so when you're sitting there, when you've got 20 minutes or somebody's late or you're waiting at a stoplight or you're stuck in I-26, not that that would happen. Sorry. Ever. Sorry, Mark. Um, <laughs> it happened again. <laughs> See, that's the one about, I need to get, I need to memorize one about that. There was only a verse the, about I-26. Open, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, 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 um, Book there, of limitations. <laughs> so, but whatever you do, and I think the blessing of it, you'll start to see it because it'll start, you know, the... <clears throat> You won't see it again. We talk about it. We won't see it necessarily overnight. You might, but you will over time. And that's just, that's why they call all this stuff spiritual formation. Mm-hmm. God is using these tools to form the inner you, your soul. And just the motivation, I think the motivation would be, you know, if you do, the, you've got a 20 minute commute, what is going to bless your soul more yeah. in those 20 minutes? Putting on the Dwell app or some app that's reading to you uh, the Gospel of John, and you kind of get a chapter in your mind going, or listening to uh, you know the latest uh, fantasy football uh, you know insights, which mm-hmm. one, or listen to somebody angry on the radio. I'm just a- asking the question. None of that stuff is wrong. What's the best? Yeah, I think just a, a creative thought. Just thinking as you're talking about it, like using your commute. I know myself. A lot of the people listening, watching right now, we have playlists right? Spotify playlist, uh, something that we do pretty intentionally as, as a worship staff is any of the songs that we lead on Sunday morning, we always exegete and evaluate, examine every word in those songs, right? To make sure they're really faithful, but just to, to make it a, a, a helpful practice, if, if you have a playlist of five to 10 songs that you listen to, worship songs on a regular basis, what, we're, what you're hopefully doing is you're singing scripture, Right, so even if you know, okay, uh, this song comes from ta- Psalm 27, and I, I hear it every day. Right, so just being able to try to connect the two, knowing, okay, the songs that I have in mm-hmm. this playlist, what passage of scripture they come from, that might even be a step in the direction yeah. of sitting down and actually memorizing word mm-hmm. for word. So that way, you're at least singing the truth of God's word, and and probably singing God's word itself in terms of like how it's yeah. actually written. This happened, and to you'll me enjoy yesterday. it. You'll enjoy it more too. Right. You'll yeah. enjoy the song more because uh, to be clear, to, to, some of the songs are scripture to music. Yes, a lot of them are songs that infer it or are talking about it. But the blessing that God promises is actually in the word. So you take you take uh, like the Psalm twenty seven thirteen that you're mm-hmm. talking about. That is almost verbatim, if not verbatim. You know, I would have despaired if I did not believe I'd see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. 
but a lot of songs are not quite that meaty. So going to doing what yeah. what he said was is going to be great because that's the meat which helps both your walk as well as your worship. Yeah. This happened yesterday. We were singing. It was a Biltmore worship song. We sang "Holy," and that line. You are rising with healing in your wings. And I Malachi was like, four I was like, okay, that, I know that's in scripture. I got to go back and find <laughs> it. I found it. I was like, man, what a blessing to be able to. Yep. It was the exact same thing yep, that just good. happened. So yep. um, they are great, helpful practices. So that's a little different, but I mean, that's unique. Yeah. Creative. Hey, whatever it takes. <laughs> whatever, Let me it encourage takes. You. whatever it takes. Listening, yeah, watching, right. just give it a shot. Give it a shot. Try it out. Take some time. Start getting God's word into you. And I, I guarantee you. It's like an old infomercial, you know, 100% money-back guarantee. But wait, there's more. <laughs> there's more. Yeah, there's more. <laughs> that God is going to use that um, for your growth and for your benefit in your own life. So, hey, this is a great conversation today. Yeah. It's, hard to, it's, it's hard to, like, stop talking because I feel like we could just keep going and yeah. keep going. Yeah. But uh, I, I feel like this is going to be very beneficial. It was beneficial for me as well. So as we wrap up our conversation today, a couple things I wanted to remind you of. Uh, we are fielding some questions every week. We got a lot of questions last week after last week's episode, but uh, please continue to send us your questions. Uh, email us at podcast at biltmorechurch.com, and we're hopefully going to discuss a lot of those. And even the ones we don't, I got to figure out taking the time to you know send some email replies and things like that. So hopefully we won't be ignoring any of those, but some of those we're going to be covering on the podcast along the way. And then also, we've got that uh, texting resource set up, text PROMISES, to 28282, and we're going to send you a promise from Scripture every day to your phone. We still have a week of that. Uh, man, I'm losing track of time. I think one more week, if not two more weeks of that. Uh, but then we've got a special Advent addition uh, on that. I but, think the yeah. podcast is a good place to like to like drop little Easter eggs for people. They get bonus points. So <laughs> if you're listening, just know we're, we're in the middle of conversations about and how do we continue this resource mm-hmm. at least through uh, the next little bit? So hopefully we'll have some some concrete news uh, for you very soon on that front. But take, uh, take the time, text PROMISES to 28282, and maybe memorize those verses. There's a crazy idea. Um, but we're going to hopefully uh, help you anchor your day on Scripture uh, each and every day. And then, again, above everything else, the whole point of this resource and anything we put together is to encourage you in your walk with mm-hmm. Jesus. It's not just information. For information's sake, it is to form you into the image of Jesus. So I hope that today's episode has done that. We got everybody on the mic today, so we're going to do a little cheese ball and end it with love and sin together. All right, can we do this? We we can try. All right, you're loved and (laughs) And sinned. Oh, yeah, that was (laughs) terrible. We're not doing that again. You're loved and sick. Get out of here. (laughs)